This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Oh, how I've missed this music. Oh, how I've missed this music. Kia ora, everybody. I'm back. Sure you miss me? Not. Thank you to Brad for holding down the fort beautifully over the last three days. Not that I heard anything on a flight, mate. But uh, I'm sure it was absolute bangers, back to back to back, right? Award-winning radio, award-winning radio again. Award-winning. Fantastic stuff. It is three and a half minutes after six o'clock. Welcome into the latest edition of Rugby World Cup today. My name is Daniel McCarty. Great to have your company as uh, we will uh, pick a path over the next hour and uh, pick up on all the big stories at Rugby World Cup. This, of course, is brought to you by Kubota, shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. Yes, uh, back in the chair, back back on friendly soil after an amazing experience in France for the opening uh, couple of weeks of this tournament. Uh, now I'll do that really annoying thing when people come back from overseas and talk about how bad their travel was. So I left 5am on Sunday morning from Toulouse and arrived back in New Zealand at 2 o'clock in, the, in, in Wellington, 2 o'clock Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, you're already bored of it, and that's fair enough. Has you know, Ron Snowden just off. taken over your body? Because that was... <laughs> I arrived. <laughs> How you doing, Ron? I hope you're doing well, mate. I hope you're doing well. Uh, I, I don't know about you, Brad. I, I've never experienced this before in my life. I think I have jet lag. Like, I, I've heard, you know, athletes and people who do a lot of travelling bitch and moan about jet lag, and I just sort of roll my eyes. It's like, oh, that's not a thing. Uh, what are the symptoms of jet lag? Double eight, double three. Let me know. It's I'd, like to, I'd like to tell you the story. You know, have you had it before? Well, I, I, um, I have. Well, I think I did. I was just really, really tired, lethargic, and couldn't get to sleep. But what I find interesting is that um, a certain Mister Swinkles, your um, work husband for two weeks, uh, yes. told me that you guys Wonderful got a marriage. got a little, uh, little. What do they call it? Like a cubby or something in, in, in Dubai when you guys a sleep pod. A sleep pod. Um, and, and he said he got a good four and a half hour sleep then. And then he said you smashed back a sleeping pill before the flight. You slept the whole way home. So Well, I wouldn't say the whole way home. I wouldn't but, say the whole way home. But a good portion of. A very good portion of. Absolutely. Was it 14 and a half hours from Dubai to Auckland? No, thank you. I'm not a good flyer, Brad. I'm not a great flyer, to be fair. Uh, uh, It's not something I I take in my daily life, but it was well-received, fair to say. It was well-received. And Logan, who just didn't sleep for about two and a half weeks, uh, just looked on uh, rather jealously as I drooled uh, profusely next to him. (laughs) Uh, So it was wonderful. But I don't know about you. Jet lag. I don't dream. I don't dream. Well, I, I dream, but I don't remember dreams. But since I've got back to New Zealand, I have not stopped dreaming when I've gone to bed. And, and I've only slept maybe two or three hour patches. So I think this is jet lag. And the dreams have been historically weird. And, and sadly, most of them have been about rugby. Like, seriously. <laughs> like, rugby is haunting my dreams. Uh, and I think I reached peak weirdness when I was interviewing an English rugby international who was half one person and half the other. And that and that person was half Jeremy Thrush, and half Chris Boyd. 
Like, seriously, I thought I was covering the Hurricanes again from 2015. Were they split down the middle and, and, or was it top and bottom? They were. Okay. No, it wasn't like a Manitou. Yeah. Is it a Manatee or a Manatee? Because Jeremy Thrush's top with Chris Boyd's, yeah. like, yeah, below. But yeah, just. It was definitely Roger Ramjet on one side. You know, it's, it's hard to, to, to not see Thrush. He's a wonderful bloke he is, and so is Chris Boyd. It was very disconcerting. It was very odd. It was very weird. And then they had the temerity to storm out of the interview on me. After my first question, it was obviously banal, but that's what I'm, I, I guess I, I've proven that over 20 years. Um, yeah, so I, I think I'm in, I think I'm in the, the warm embrace of jet lag. So this could be a very weird 53 minutes. Cannot so wait. I apologise to the listeners. I apologise to the listeners. So do me a favour, pick up the phone and call and stop me embarrassing myself. 0800 150 Yeah, it's a scary thought. Half Jeremy Thrush, half Chris Boyd. Yeah, odd. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Uh, what is coming up on this edition of Rugby World Cup today? We're all going well because this won't turn into a cluster at all. Sam Worthington's going to join us out of France. He works for Sam uh, Stan Sport. Sam Worthington is a Kiwi. Uh, worked for the Dom Post. Sorry, the Post. I must call it the Post now. Uh, for many, many years before he uh, crossed the ditch and uh, joined enemy territory. Uh, what the hell is going on with the Wallabies? That's a, that's a pretty astute question. I would have thought pretty topical. Um, He's currently recording his own podcast for Stan Sports, so once that's uh, wrapped up, uh, he will jump on board. Love to get his perspective. Uh, Sam Worthington from Stan Sport, uh, out of Australia, but in France. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, we will also hear from Ronan O'Gara, the legendary Irish fly half, the second most capped player, if I'm not mistaken, with 128 international appearances. He's got some very, very interesting things to say, and uh, we will hear from him. He's currently head coach of French club La Rochelle, where he has had immense success winning the last two European championships. His uh, side, uh, La Rochelle, uh, beat Leinster, of course, the Irish uh, team in both 2022-2023. So uh, I think he's atoning for his sins against Irish rugby by working for Irish TV at the moment. Brad's already uh, yawning profusely at me. Um, this has obviously been a very good opening. Just, it's, uh, it's been a long week, Daniel, and it's not Friday <laughs> yet. So, uh, you know, I don't know I don't know about anyone else, but I don't know, I don't like working these nine-hour days, Daniel. I, I, I just, not, I just don't know, not down with it. I, I just no. want to be, I want to be a beaver and turn up a minute before the show starts and leave a minute before it ends. Like, that's what I'm down for. <laughs> but before it even ends, that's impressive. That is impressive. Well, um, well, unlike um, Jeremy Boyd, or is it, um, you know, Chris Thrush? We'll go with Chris Thrush. L- at least he, you know, lasted one question. Uh, but back to Rona Nogara. He, of course, um, will um, give us his observations about all the contenders, especially Ireland. Here's a question for you. Are we a little low on Ireland? Are we a little low on Ireland? And I'm, look- I'm looking at you, the TAB, who has some fourth favourite at this tournament. Uh, Ronan O'Gara highlights some very key points about how good Ireland are. Uh, you may want to uh, jump on board and offer me your take on 0800 He'll also talk about how they get around the rush defence this weekend. Ireland, not him. Uh, it would be a bit weird if he played. Uh, Ireland taking on South Africa. Huge game this weekend. Absolutely huge game this weekend. So that's just uh, a, a sign of what is to come. But let's get into the news of the day. On Rugby World Cup today, brought to you by Kubota, shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. And in the wee hours of this morning, yes, after my weird dream, I actually got to watch this game. Um, Italy recorded uh, their second win in two pool matches in Pool A after coming down, uh, coming back from 17 points to seven down at half time to who? Uruguay. 
Uh, they ended up winning by 38 points to 17, a bonus point win over Uruguay at Stade de Nice. Uh, certainly not easy for the Azuri. Now, uh, Italy did score four tries in the second half uh, to try up 38 points to 17, as I mentioned, and did shatter Uruguay's hopes of, of quite a shock victory in a very entertaining Pool A game. A winger, Lorenzo Pani, gave uh, Italy an early lead, but after second row, Niccolo, um, Niccolo rather, Canoni was yellow carded. Uh, Uruguay levelled from a penalty. That saw prop Danilo Frischetti join his teammate in the sin bin. And Uruguay used that two-man advantage to send winger Nicola Freitas over for their opening try. Lendekar, good tackle on him. Arata, there's the hands again in the corner! Los Terros! Yes, Los Terros. Uh, then, uh, hammered home that advantage late in the first half. Who doesn't love a drop goal? Uh, Philippe Echejeveri uh, added a drop goal to give his side a 17 points to 7 halftime lead, which would have been greater had the fly half not fouled and missed a couple of uh, penalty attempts. But after the break, the Six Nations side turned the screws. They were they were literally running downhill. It was pretty combative stuff. Um, you know, hitting that first channel, the second channel, and there was really nothing Uruguay could seemingly do. There were three tries in 10 minutes from uh, skipper Michelle Amado, Montana, Ioanni, and Lorenzo Canoni. The first true, first two, though, were when uh, Andreas Viasesca was yellow-carded. Those tries secured the bonus point for Italy. Italy building nicely. Wanting Nacio Brex. Now the short side, Ioanni with a line. He's like Benfies. He'll make you pay. I can't argue with that line. He's like bank, he's like bank fees, Daniel. They'll always he's get like you. Bank <laughs> They'll always get you. Bank fees. Those dastardly banks. Uh, Italian captain Michel Lamardo, who scored one of those tries, uh, named MasterCard player of the match. Uh, he was pretty delighted with his side's victory. Uh, so Italy in the game this morning, 38 points to 17. They were the winners. How about some other news? Ireland number eight, Jack. Cron Cronin, I've added an R there. Conan is set to miss the um, game, the crucial game, uh, Paul B game against South Africa and Paris. The Leinster forward uh, might have to wait to their encounter with Scotland on October 7th uh, for his first potential involvement in the tournament. He is recovering from a foot injury. And how's this? Fabian Galtier, who oozes class and sophistication and um, a pair of glasses that only Sir John Kerwin could uh, possibly match. He has come up with an, an interesting notion of how he picks his teams. Uh, he has said adaptability is key to his team selections as he attempts to steer his host to a Rugby World Cup success. Of course, they beat New Zealand in the opening group game. Then he made 12 changes for their win against Uruguay. That didn't go all that well, did it? Uh, they really struggled to get past uh, the South American side. Uh, he has also made 12 uh, changes to the side for tomorrow morning's game against Namibia. How's this? Our method is based on adaptability, he said in French. Oh, I've clearly translated this. We adapt according to deadlines. It's Darwin's theory. The most intelligent species adapts. There we go. So a bit of Darwinism for you coming out of the French quarter. Excellent stuff. They are the cultural capital of the world after all. There's your latest uh, in Rugby World Cup uh, news. 14 minutes after 6 o'clock. Um, let's get to the lines. Who we got? We want to talk some Irish rugby. Uh, I hope I butchered your name. Um, 
not too badly there. How are you, friend? Welcome to the show. Katapai, Katapai. Hey, you asked a question about Ireland, Dan. I'm all yep. in on Ireland. Um, Good. And this is why. I think they, like, you look at their talent, right, across the park. Um, it's not, a lot of it's not nothing special. Man, they got, like, Jamison Gibson Park at halfback. You know, he was a, he's a reject, but from here, but um, they know their game so well. I, I sort of call them the antithesis of the All Blacks, who sort of don't seem to know what they're doing, have mm-hmm. terrible discipline. The Irish know exactly what they're doing. Their game plan is so tight. They all know their roles. Their discipline is generally pretty good. There was a stat the other morning. Okay, they got a yellow shortly after. It was commentator curse. But it's only like two yellow yeah. cards and I don't know, 10 tests or something. Um, really? And yeah, something like that. So the discipline's great. Um, man, I haven't forgotten last year when they came down here and once they got their yeah. head under the desk, they turned up and won the last two tests. Um, but Sunday, man, it's, that's going to that's gonna be a barn burner because uh, the box is scary good, eh, now? Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think Irish are still my fave. I just love their attack. They just get that quick ruck ball and just, man, remember last year they they, they uh, confused the shit out of us. So, uh, nah, I'm all in on them, Dan. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm glad you are talking them up because I do find it, you know, I'd have them right up there, you know, if not sort of co-favourites alongside South Africa, France. Yeah, I've probably got New Zealand in my own mind based on what I've seen over the last few weeks. And maybe I've been coloured too much by it probably settling in in the fourth favourite position, which Ireland currently are. But when I look at this Irish squad, mate, I don't see a weakness. And the only weakness I can come up with is something I've sort of utterly manufactured in my own mind, which is based on they've never done it before. Do they believe that they can win three big games in three weeks on the biggest stage of them all? Um, do, do you share that sort of sentiment? And, yeah, well, there's a whole campaign in Ireland about taking it easy. I think uh, like my publican, he's an Irish fellow, and he's like, he shows uh, the videos of, like, you know, Guinness talking, everyone's talking it down because they've never got past the quarters. Um, and I think they were winning number one in 2019 and didn't get up to much. But I don't know. This side feels different. Andy Farrell feels different. Uh, they're good. Like, look, I think the top three teams, like, you call us fourth, but that's second tier. I think there's a, the top three win it. One of Ireland, France, and South Africa win it. No one else wins it for me. Um, they're they're like they're those three teams are miles apart of the, the rest of the field for mine. We we need slices of luck with health. I, I think if you can get New Zealand's strongest twenty three on the field, that they can turn it on in any given day. But if there's some players missing, I don't think we have that depth. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, that's sad. <laughs> I don't want to talk about yeah. that because it just it makes me miserable. Um, okay, well let's uh, let's talk about Ireland. Yeah. Tag Furlong, absolutely love the bloke. Love that tight head prop. I'd kiss him if I met him. James Wright, Ryan the Lock, fabulous player. Peter O'Mahony, we saw him here with the Lions. We know how good he is. Josh van der Fleer, is there a bit of seven on the planet? They need Sheehan back. They need Sheehan back um, at hooker because mm-hmm. they had that Kalaha fella. Uh, Sheehan is Sheehan's ugly, the best in the world, and probably the best of the cup with old Malcolm Marks out. Um, yeah, bro. Johnny Sexton is super important to them, though. Eh? Uh, possibly the most important player to a team at the Cup, I reckon. Um, 
uh, and also my most hated rugby player. I love the team, mate, but I hate that guy. That's why I'm torn. I want. I, he's such a winger. He is such a winger. He. Um, I want Ireland to win, but him not to. And that's my dilemma. Well, I don't want Ireland to win, but I think they will. And I want. I want the country to do well, but yeah, Johnny, eh? I can't stomach the bloke. Gee, you're right. He's always in the ear of the referee, and I think at the end of his career as punishment, he should be have to be forced to be a ref himself. <laughs> Probably. And maybe uh, Dan Bigger should be forced to be a coach after the way he was tearing strips <laughs> off his boys against uh, Fiji. Brilliant stuff. Hey, great to chat, my friend. Thanks so much for joining us. Go enjoy your evening. Thanks so much. Enjoy it, mate. Daniel, if I may, sorry, if I, yes, it's made jump in. Uh, James Burridge on the show yesterday, and look, uh, he, he, when we're talking about Ireland, and look, I, I know this. I've said this at nauseum uh, on this on the run home, and Jacob's probably going to roll his eyes, but I do think that we live in a rugby bubble in New Zealand, and I do believe that potentially my co-host is uh, that the run home co-host is one of those people. Uh, and I, I made a point that before Ireland came here last year. Did anyone oh, names, please? Did, Which one? did anyone Which one? did anyone in New Zealand know who Josh van der Fleer was? I would say no, they didn't. Unless you were a hardcore European rugby watcher, and I don't believe there's probably more than five percent of the country outside of journalists and coaches that watch European rugby. Uh, and there's like several players in their Irish side, and Bundy Arke, mate, like. Uh, that dude is showing that he should have been an All Black. He's outstanding. Ring Rose is a fantastic player. Uh, Johnny Sexton is fantastic. Connor Murray's been one of the best halfbacks on the planet for a decade. Omani, you mentioned. Josh van der Fleer is a freak. And they have, uh, a, a, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? They have um, an indestructible type five, like a type five with no weakness. And I just think that we have this um, concept in New Zealand that they've never won a knockout game at the World Cup, which is true. That's a fact. But this is a different team, and it's a scary team. We're going to know what they've got this weekend when they play the box. But James Burridge was saying he doesn't see any – and he watches Ireland week in, week out, doesn't see any weakness. He did um, agree with the talkback caller and said if they lose Johnny Sexton, they're in trouble. But if, if Johnny Sexton stays on the park, they're a tough team to beat because they play from in front. Yeah, he is massively important. He's uh, master and commander, pulls the strings, kicks the goals, referees the games, uh, everything you would want. I read a lot of all those names, and I hadn't even got out of the Ford pack. I hadn't even got out of the Ford pack. And you talk about Ringrose and Arkey. Uh, Bundy Arkey is, what a wonderful pressure valve he is. He just releases pressure. To have a ball-carrying, powerful runner who can move his feet, can get to the weak side, and just gets you going forward. Uh, doesn't get smacked behind the gain line. Uh, yeah, I, I don't see too many weaknesses in that Irish side, and that's why this game against South Africa is just going to be fabulous to watch. Can't wait to call it alongside the great Mr. Christian Cullen. Our number is 0800 You can text us on double eight double three. I'm not hallucinating just yet. Give us a call, 22 minutes after 6 o'clock. All going well, Sam. Worthington, no, not that one. Sam Worthington from Stan Sport um, will give us the Australian verdict. What the hell is going on with the Wallabies? They take on Wales, another massive game. Yeah, um, the All Blacks are removed from our thinking over the next few days. You know what? I'm quite looking forward to it, to be fair. This is Rugby World Cup today. I was about to delve into a terrible French accent, but uh, I won't do that. Uh, it is brought to you by Kabata Shaping and Building Australia and New Zealand. 22 and a half minutes after 6 o'clock. 
Coming up to 28 minutes after 6 o'clock, Jake and Lionel will be raving in my lounge. Listen to this. Love their Daft Punk. Thank you, Brad. Do appreciate that. This is Rugby World Cup today for today, 21st of the 9th. I'm pretty sure that's September. Sorry, I haven't slept. Uh, I'm getting a little bit deluded. It is time now for our breakout performance here on Rugby World Cup today. Uh, with Breakout River Meats, 100% Australian meat, locally produced from Cowra, New South Wales. Uh, breakout performers, uh, well, I'm going to go from the only game that uh, we've had in the last 24 hours. Uh, Italy up against Uruguay, and at half time, I was so desperate for uh, Uruguay to hold on and secure a massive scalp, but it wasn't to be because uh, the forwards of Italy uh, just fronted in the second half. Well, all of them. There was one man in particular I thought was excellent from the outset uh, for Italy, and uh, I'll throw his name in there, Frederica Ruza, the lock. He was a really big presence at set pieces, especially line-out time. He made 14 tackles, and I reckon most of those probably were in the first half uh, when he looked like the one of the only few Italians who was engaged in the game. They were very slow to get started. And, and I know if Justin Marshall uh, was watching, he would have been rather pleased with Federico Ruza uh, with the big locks efforts um, in one line-out drive where he, where he uh, almost single-handedly stopped um, what looked like an utterly certain try for Uruguay. So I'm going to go, he's my breakout star. Alongside Michelle Lamado, uh, it's hard to ignore uh, the number seven, who did get a uh, man of the match, as I mentioned earlier. He was massive in defence. He made 16 tackles, tops in the game. And he also scored a very important try six minutes into that second half uh, to help claw that sizable halftime margin back. Yeah, I know he threw a really poor pass uh, that was picked up by Uruguay's uh, first by Felipe Echevera. That almost resulted in a try, but I think his body of work certainly um, outweighed uh, the downside of that. So I know I've broken the spirit of the game, Brad, uh, by naming two but tough. You're very okay? Switzerland today. Yeah, yeah, a little bit like yeah. that. <laughs> a, a little bit like that. So they're, uh, they're, they are my breakout stars uh, in association with Breakout River Meats, 100% Australian meat, locally produced from Cowra and only found at your local independent butcher. It's just hit 6.30. Should we get to the news, Brad? It's probably wise. Um, I assume Johnny Mac's on today. Here is Johnny Mac with the news. Oh, yeah, all right. Twenty-seven minutes away from seven o'clock. Thank you, Freddie. Thank you, Johnny Mac. This is Rugby World Cup today, brought to you by Kubota, shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. Uh, all going well. We'll catch up with Sam Worthington, uh, reporter for Stan Sport in France. Uh, they, uh, we are running a little risky, Brad. They are recording um, their own podcast today, and we know there's a few issues going on with Australian rugby. Now, he assured me it was supposed to be well finished by six thirty, but I reckon it's going to be one of those chats that sort of goes to about an hour and a half, you, and then the editor has to get it down to like 45 minutes and absolutely hates everyone in that panel. Do you reckon Drew Mitchell will be a topic of conversation <laughs> in that uh, interview? Hey, how good was that, mate? Like, that was that was just, that's unfiltered, and that's how I want to see my former rugby players, calling it as it is. And that podcast, you, by the way, you, is very, very good. 
did you see the Fijian coach having a crack at him? Too? Yeah, yeah, what yeah, a... yeah. Um, and Simon Rawalui, he seems like a, a a really champion human too. Like, uh, my goodness, he's he done does, a great mate. job with that team. Uh, speaking of good humans, Karen Crowley. Um, this morning, Italy, who are in New Zealand's group, Italy topped the group. Italy are ahead of France. France have not picked up a bonus point at this tournament. Mm. And they look very average against Uruguay. As one French man uh, said to me in the uh, at, at the fan zone in Toulouse, which was just, oh my gosh, what an experience that was. He just looked me dead in the eye and said, we are France. We feel the pressure. Oh, no, no expletive, buddy. That's Uruguay. And you're struggling to get past them, dude. Uh, so Italy are tops on 10 points. Two wins from two. A couple of bonus points. They're on uh, eight, France, that is. Two points behind. And New Zealand on five. Uruguay and Namibia are yet to register a point. But it was uh, a good come-from-behind victory for Italy. Let's hear from uh, Kieran Crowley, who will depart the Azura at the end of this tournament. Well, Kieran, it was inspired performance in the second half. What was the message at the break? What do you think it was? <laughs> Score more tries? Oh, look, we were um, untidy first half. Our discipline let us down. Um, we had seven turnovers, I think, inside our own 40. You know, you can't do that. And, you know, Uruguay put the pressure on us and made us pay. And um, so we went in at halftime. You know, we said we've got to hold on the ball. We want to take it direct. And uh, the boys did that really well. And, I, you know, they scored some good tries. So, you know, it was uh, pleasing in the end, but it was uh, a little bit nerve-wracking earlier. How frustrated were you with the discipline in that first half? Oh, very. You know, you can't afford to give away, uh, you know, two players off the field for, uh, you know, one of them was just, uh, you know, ill-discipline. The second one you could argue, but, you know, that's why the referee made the decision. So, you know, we've got no problems with it. Um, but, you know, you, we've got to be better than that. You can't afford to play because um, you're going to give away points. Um, we were just did a hell of an effort there because we only gave away seven points in that uh, with 13 players. So, you know, the defence was pretty good. That was Karen Crowley after a side's uh, big second half performance uh, has seen them pick up their second win. So the Azuri sitting atop of Paul A. This is Rugby World Cup today, 24 minutes away from 7 o'clock. I was asking you earlier after some advice about getting over a jet lag or some symptoms of, and I was wondering if weird dreams are them. I, I, I got a message from Michael who I thought this was great advice. For Saturday night in New Zealand before going to bed, put your clock forward. And then I realised he's just talking about daylight savings time. Okay. So, damn it. Uh, but thank you, Michael. Um, oh! I, I, you know what? I, I wasn't aware. I wasn't aware. Uh, so that is fantastic because I'm pretty sure I'm commentating a game on Sunday. And that would have been a little bit awkward if I turned up at the wrong time. Uh, our World Cup schedule was not too far away. That's called a tease, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we, we will take a short break. Uh, we'll hear from Ronan Nagara. And uh, provided, provided they've stopped there. A Drew Mitchell-esque podcast at Stan Sports. Sam Worthington will join us out of France. Uh, stay with us. Rugby World Cup continues after the short break. Eighteen minutes away from seven o'clock. Remember, you can always play a part on the show. The lines will always be open. I will accommodate you because we're very accommodating. Uh, 0800-150-811. You can text us on double eight double three, and I'm sure there's going to be lots of correspondence from you, um, especially once this weekend's games are done and dusted. What a weekend we've got lined up for you. Our World Cup schedule coming up shortly. Uh, but headlining that act, uh, you surely, well, actually not surely. That, that Wales-Australia um, game is pretty important, especially for, for one team in particular. Uh, but the, the biggest um, 
literally the biggest game featuring the biggest people and the biggest what contenders of the World Cup is Ireland and South Africa. Well, let's hear from a man um, who played for Ireland well over 100 times. Very astute man is Ronan O'Gara these days, currently uh, coaching La Rochelle in the French comp. They've won the last two European championships. Uh, the rush defence in South Africa, right? They go hand in hand. Uh, synonymous. Well, how do you get around a rush defence? Here's Ronan O'Gara with some very interesting observations. To beat a rush defence, you've got to go through it. An awful lot of people try and go around it. So there's a complete, I think, misunderstanding of what you're trying to achieve. If you want to, for me, the key on playing against a rush defence is you've got to attack flailing arms. And that's a skill in itself because if you run into bodies, it's you're tackled behind the gain line and the ball is going to be held up. Rock speed will be four or five seconds. But if you can identify opportunities for late footwork at the line into flailing arms, the capacity for high shots, which is nowadays is a red card or a yellow card on a on a probably an average occasion, uh, footwork and fend at the line, short passes. Everyone tries to play long pass, long pass. If you play long pass, long pass against South Africa, they'll eat you up with salt. It's exactly what they're looking for so what you need to do reduce the space between your nine and ten or first receiver reduce your space from so do you get me so nine and ten might only take three south africans ten to this next defender next attacker might only take three defenders they'll probably have eight on the line but you got to know if you can get accuracy on that second pass so nine to ten we'll say tend to Bundyaki or ring rose and if there's a potential what will happen there the shooter will come on him he will not get the capacity to go one two long pass what he might do he might get hit ball and all but he might be able to tip and I'm going through from the halfway line or even better if you imagine I'm here you're there who's behind here mm. James Law or Hansen they're gone mm. But do you get me? Because we've tried to go through them here, we've taken seven defenders. That's my my theory on it. But that's where Ireland are the very best in the world in that space, in especially the with the game. forwards yeah. in the phase yeah. game. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more. This... Very smart man is Ronan O'Gara. There's a lot of IQ, high IQ in rugby, um, in Ireland's rugby circles at the moment. We'll hear more from Ronan O'Gara tomorrow, actually. Really fascinating uh, clip on the main contenders. Right, right now, let's head to France, catch up with Stan Sports' wonderful reporter, Mr. Sam Worthington, Australian-based these days, but a Kiwi at heart. Great uh, to have you on the programme, Sam. How you doing, friend? Bonjour, Daniel. Yeah, good to, good to talk. I think I just missed you um, um, over here in France, but hopefully I think you mentioned um, if the All Blacks go deep, um, I might catch you later on. The, the Wallabies, however, they, they might struggle to go deep just quietly. Well, that's good, mate, because you know I'm thirsty, and I love it when you shout. Can, can, I, can I channel my inner Drew Mitchell? What the beep is going on with the Wallabies? Oh, mate, it's, it's been pretty hectic, um, and, and Drew, um, I guess, summed up that chaos um, with, with his podcast appearance. I had a, had a chat to him yesterday, actually, um, for a follow-up story, and uh, look, I think he probably went a bit too far um, for someone in his position, but it does sum up, I guess, just the general disquiet anger, um, even in a lot of circles with what's going on with the Wallabies under Eddie Jones, because 
there's not a lot of rhyme or reason to to, to some of the, the selections and and, um, and and just I guess general um, tactics and the whole campaign is is at the verge of, of blowing up. So um, look, they can get things back on track against Wales uh, this weekend, but uh, that that loss to Fiji has thrown a massive uh, cat amongst the pigeons, as you can imagine. Yeah, injuries has led to, what, five captains and six tests or something of the sort. Uh, you know, losing to Fiji the first time in nearly six decades. 18 penalties conceded in that game. Wow, there's a lot going wrong. So what's at the top of your list? What, what, what are the things they need to remedy? Quick, smart. Yeah, I, look, I think um, that, that discipline piece is, is a big part of it. They've, yeah, they've had massive setbacks with Tupo and Skelton because Eddie's plan was very much to play a power game, um, sort of base um, behind those two, really. Um, but that, that's gone out the window clearly now. So, yeah, they're, they're going to have to, because Wales won't beat themselves this weekend. So the Wallabies have to improve that discipline, um, stop Dan Bigger from, from um, you know, ticking the scoreboard over in, in threes. And look, I think it's it's going to be a very tight game, and they're going to need um, the likes of Corumbetti and Karevi to to show the way. So um, look, it's 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 been a very uh, I guess tense week um, around Wallabies camp, um, and look, I feel sorry for some of these these young players that have that have been yes. thrown into the cauldron here. Yes. Um, Carter Gordon, of course, um, all eyes on him whether he retains the jersey um, against. Wales, but yeah, I'm sure there's probably a few All Blacks fans chuckling at uh, chuckling at Eddie's uh, troubles um, here. But look, it's um, I guess it's created another fascinating fascinating subplot at this this tournament, and, and finals footies come early for Australia. That's for sure. Yeah, there were two players I I thought they could not afford to lose, and they've lost them both. Tupor and Skelton. The drop off to the next player in those ranks huge, right? So there's been no luck there. No, there hasn't, and it, and it just has been a compounding effect um, now that they, that Eddie, um, you know, threw caution to the wind and, and left the likes of Michael Hooper, Quade Cooper, uh, Bernard Foley, etc., etc., um, left them out. So that that's I guess had the flow-on effect that um, we, we this is the state of affairs that we don't know who's going to captain the Wallabies um, this weekend. So we spoke to Tate McDermott, who's officially the Wallabies vice-captain at this tournament, um, but missed the last game with a concussion. And, yeah, look, whether whether he was telling the truth or not, but he said, look, I, I'm not sure if I'm captain this week or if it's Dave Karecki, we'll, we'll find out wow. soon. Um, so it's it's it, it's pretty staggering, isn't it? I mean, we would never get that with the All Blacks or the Australian cricket team. Um, so, yeah, look, right, rightfully, a lot of questions are being asked of Eddie Jones. And... Um, the, 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 I guess the, the context to it all is he's got such a strong record in World Cups, doesn't he? Um, vastly experienced and, and like him or loathe him. I mean, the, the bloke knocked the All Blacks out. He's, he's knocked them out of two World Cups at semi-final stages, as, as we well know. Um, so there's just been all this sort of trust and faith placed in him that, OK, the, the mad scientist will, will know what he's doing and it'll all be right come World Cup time. But... I think clearly um, quite a few cards are not falling his way. And, and um, it, yeah, it, it's Wales and no world beaters, but um, I think they'll start slight favourites here um, on the weekend in Leon. Yeah, and I thought Wales were good against Fiji. The most clinical I've seen them in a long time. They're hung and tough against a really powerful Fiji inside, so they'll be buoyed by that. I, I, gee, it, sorry, Sam, his name escapes me, but another Wallaby's been ruled out of the tournament. Have they named a replacement, and is that... And if they haven't, is it likely to be any of those names you mentioned? Hooper, Foley, Cooper. Is there too much hubris amongst Eddie Jones to do something like that? 
Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Um, so, yeah, Max Jorgensen broke his leg at training yesterday. I mean, not as bad as the Tupo skeleton injuries, given that he wasn't part of the 23, but it just adds, I guess, to the, the bad vibes around around the team at the moment. But what it does do is potentially um, potentially could be a blessing in disguise for, for Eddie to to maybe quietly go, okay, I, I might have got you know, one, one or two things wrong here and call someone in with, with some experience. So the initial chat was Dylan Peach um, was going to come in as a, as a like for like for Jorgensen, but um, it, it sounds like they're reassessing now. And I think the smart play would just be to wait after this Wales game, see how they're, they're tracking. If they manage to get past Wales, but but Carter Gordon struggles again, then look, I, I, I think you have to go to a Foley or a Cooper. I think um, Quaid might have checked out a little bit, um, but Bernard Foley is in, in France and in around Europe and, and training hard. So, look, I, I think they would have to turn to someone like him or a, a Len Ikital, who um, I think most judges agree was very unlucky to miss out in the first place. Last one, Sam. How tense and um, heated is that uh, team name presser going to be? And, and when you ask a question, do you just duck under the table? <laughs> uh, yeah, look, it's um, it's been fun and games, all right. He, he's given some very short, sharp responses. There's a, a British reporter, Owen Slot, who was uh, one of his old sparring partners from England, following um, Eddie around last week, and um, they had some great interactions. Eddie, Eddie asking, "Why are you following me around, mate? I didn't think you liked me," and um, had a real go at, go at him um, for. Um, for beating a dead body, so look, it's 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 always entertaining, and I think we've got the the extra subplot this week of, of Jones and Gatland going each other. Of course, um, Eddie's had had great delight winding him up over the years, and he's had a pretty strong record. Of course, England against Wales over the years, so I think I think Warren will be eyeing this up as a great opportunity to to inflict some real pain on on Eddie and a little bit of revenge. So yes, yeah, some all sorts of spicy subplots uh, going on. Sam, great to hear your voice, mate. Um, I, I know you're really busy. A whole heap going on. Thanks so much for taking the time to uh, take our call. Go enjoy the day. Assume it's another stinking hot one. Appreciate it. Thanks, Sam. Pleasure, mate. Thank you. Stan Sports, Sam Worthington, offering us the very latest what's happening in Wallabies camp. In short, a whole heap. It's a cluster. You know what. Uh, at the moment. Let's uh, wrap things up with our uh, Rugby World Cup 2023 schedule with Kubota. Together we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand uh, tomorrow morning. It of course is France and Namibia 7 o'clock. The big game's here on this station here on SENZ 6.30am Sunday morning. It is South Africa up against Ireland. Myself and Christian Cullen will have the call for you on that one. Cannot wait. Well on Monday we'll have the aforementioned Australia up against Wales. Hugely significant game. 7 a.m. Monday morning, Scotty Stevenson and Steve Devine will have the call. Those are the two big games on this station, SCNZ, over the weekend. Other games, though, you need to pay attention for early Saturday morning. Argentina, Samoa. Come on, Manu Samoa. Argentina, you can't be as bad as you were last time. It was awful. Um, so it's a huge weekend. Don't forget, Scotland, Tonga. That could be a good one, too. That is our Rugby World Cup schedule for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. My thanks to Brad and Jacob. Rugby World Cup today. Done for today. Just one more this week. Six o'clock tomorrow night. Until then, team, take it easy. Have a wonderful evening. Ta-da, bye-bye. I'm off to have bad dreams.